You're listening to the Down East Mike Podcast, the quirky little podcast from Maine. And now, your host, Down East Mike. Good morning, everybody. This is Down East Mike. Welcome to the Down East Mike Podcast. Today is Thursday, March 17th, 2022, uh, St. Paddy's Day. For those that are Irish and those that you know may have a little Irish in them. Uh, happy St. Paddy's Day to everybody. Uh, a little bit about the Down East Mike podcast. We like to have a disclaimer at the beginning of the show that some of this is whimsy. Some of this is true. And the interpretation of it all is entirely up to you. Today's episode, we have some stories about bison taken to the slopes of Maine. NASA's moon rocket emerges, pufferfish undergo a cataract surgery, and the news from 1977, Maine raises its drinking age and rolls back the helmet law. We also have today the Maine mammal of the moment and a new poem from Frank Noid. Unfortunately, we thought that he was gone for a bit, but he came back and he brought us another poem. Let's get to our word of the day. Our word of the day is chin, C-H-I-N. The definition of chin, according to Merriam-Webster, is the lower portion of the face lying below the lower lip and including the prominence of the lower jaw. And I don't know if this applies to everybody, but I, I guess they started with a standard there. And I like how it says, see also, take it on the chin. Uh, as a verb, chinned or chinning. And the transitive verb is to bring to a hold with the chin chin, like a violin. Uh, to raise oneself while hanging by the hands until the chin is level with the support. And the intransitive verb of slang or slang is to talk idly. I thought about chin because it's certainly an underappreciated part of us. And it's so prominent and always there and always around. And we don't give it enough thought and we don't uh, put enough uh, uh, credence to, to the, the value of our chin. They gave us some sentences here, which is just quite delightful. Uh, recent examples, it says a noun, a sculpture made many centuries later, portray him as a tall, lean young man with long blonde hair falling in waves to his chin. That's from the Smithsonian Magazine. Wow, they've got some, they've got some dusty relics there, huh? Here's another recent version from the web. Witnesses on a JetBlue flight flying out of Los Angeles told TMZ Sports that the five-time NBA champion was asked four separate times to keep his face mask on, covering both his nose and mouth, but lowered it each time to his chin. So your chin can get you into trouble too. Uh, another example is before long, a soft blanket of snow will make the world seem right again, like a good night kiss and a warm comforter pulled to your chin. And who doesn't relish 
that time of the day where you tuck yourself in and pull the coverlet right up to the bottom of your chin, maybe tuck your chin over the top of it. What fun. Think about your chin and respect other people's chins as you go about your day, won't you? Happy birthday today to Marion Monmouth, who will be 30. She's studying for her master's degree in nursing. We so appreciate her dedication as a frontline worker. We appreciate the frontline workers, the second line workers, the workers in between, and the ones that don't work but have to be available or have to make themselves available to the frontline, second line, third line workers. We all have a part to play. Henry of Phippsburg turns 62 today. Happy birthday, Henry. He's retired from BIW, spends his time chasing the grandkids and building ships in a bottle. It's a great skill to have, Henry. I never figured it out. I think they bend the mass down and then they tuck it in the bottle and then they use a little, like a pincher thing and they reach in, they pull that mast right up. So it's a little bit of trickery. I don't think they build the ship and then make the bottle around it, but you never know. In the international news, again, we, we like to keep everything here is nothing but unicorns and rainbows. This is a happy place. Uh, we, we don't do any of the, of the negative news out there. We're just, we ignore it. Um, it could be rumbling right at our doorstep, but until it enters, we're, we're just going to ignore it. Uh, NASA's second generation, or sorry, next generation moon rocket is due uh, today to make a, a slow motion journey from its assembly plant to the launch pad in Florida. And who hasn't seen footage of the rocket uh, on, on the big uh, truck as they drive it, like at two miles an hour? And you just, you want to get it over with, but at the same time it's fascinating because it's so very large. It's a 5.75 million ton, 32 story tall SLS Orion spacecraft. And that's uh, leaving uh, Cape Canaveral, started around 5 p.m. today, weather permitting. This rocket is taller than the Statue of Liberty, if you remember what that looks like. Some of us are starting to forget, I think. Uh, it's uh, The crawler transporter is four miles journey. They actually think it's going to take about 11 hours, and that's about the same time it takes me to make that Saturday morning omelet, according to Mother. The uh, spectacle is going to be live on NASA television and the Space Agency's website. Uh, forecast for today along the Florida coast is for favorable conditions. Oh, I wish I had time to get down there to watch that thing roll. Um, so they're using this, they, they plan six manned missions to the moon um, coming up here and uh, one of the things that they, uh, they expect to do is they, they want this to do an uncrewed journey to the moon and back and they're reviewing potential launch windows in April and May but the timeline could slip. Well with NASA, never a straight answer, we're not sure. They think their first human lunar landing of Artemis will be as early as 2025. Uh, and then their crewed flight uh, before that actually would go around the moon and back. So you got a lot to go on there. It's exciting times to go back to the moon and hang out. Um, in Maine, uh, a herd of 10 bison escaped from a farm was on Wednesday and they uh, went to a local ski mountain. I think they were just trying to get away and 
little bit of early spring fever. A bunch of volunteers tried to corral the herd and they were able eventually to get it back to their pasture. They were led by a bull and they were caught on a webcam moving up the hill at about 5 a.m. That's when bison in Maine tend to get out and head for the slopes right around 5 a.m. Uh, not too much sooner, not too much later. That's when they like to go to the slopes, I guess. Uh, there was a local fellow there It was on his lunch break and they don't get too many lunch breaks up in that part of the country but uh, he happened to be on his he'd taken one and the bull charged at him uh, and he went and hid behind a tree and he went into the fresh snow he said it's because they don't like going outside their own tracks because it becomes difficult to walk it was a fight or flight situation can you imagine that bison coming at you and you know I'd, I'd have my pick of trees I would hope and you'd want to get behind a good sturdy spruce uh, but anyway by about 3:34 in the afternoon they were able to get the uh, bull as the lead to, to and the rest of the of the bison follow him back to their pasture so exciting times up northern Maine we had to look quite a bit outside the territory to find anything else even remotely positive, but we still did. The pufferfish cataract surgery has been a success. A pufferfish in Ohio Zoo underwent cataract surgery, and the zoo officials have provided an update saying that the surgery was successful. It's during examination, uh, after its quarantine period, the pufferfish named Dill at the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium. He was diagnosed with lens luxation, and that means that the lens at the back of the fish's eye was moving forward to the front portion of the eye. Zoo officials said that if Dill wasn't treated, it could lead to impaired vision and glaucoma that would cause a need to remove his eye. The pufferfish underwent cataract surgery. It was about a 20-minute procedure, and a veterinary ophthalmologist pumped water over Dill's gills to help it breathe while it was out of the water, and the water also contained anesthesia medication. We could all use some of that when we're undergoing cataract surgery. After the procedure, the fish was put back in the water to wake up. Wake up, Dill. You've just been operated on. Um, they did a two-month update on Monday saying the surgery was successful, that he's fully recovered. He will remain behind the scenes until he's ready to be reintroduced to his habitat at the Discovery Reef Aquarium. You don't want to bring back too quickly a pufferfish that's had cataract surgery. Uh, his care team said that his eye has healed up nicely. He appears to have retained vision in his eye, but he said that he still positions his body to use his good eye when locating food, much the same as the host of this podcast. His care team predicted that his depth perception isn't the same as it was before the surgery, but he said it's fine as long as he continues to eat well and act like a normal puffer fish. We're rooting for you, Dill, the Columbus Zoo wrote on Facebook. And can you imagine Dill being there at the uh, eye exam? Because they must have asked him, you know, which one can you see better? A, B, 2, 3, C. Can you call out the letters? What can you read? What's the, what's the smallest line you can read, Dill? 
Oh dear. Okay. Uh, the news from 1977, Maine raised the drinking age to 20. It was a Maine state uh, senate on Wednesday and uh, uh, this week, 1977. They voted to increase Maine's legal drinking age from 18 to 20. They sent the measure to Governor James Longley, and he indicated he'll let it become law without a signature. Uh, that's a 20-year-old statute will take effect in September. Several Bates College students had stated that they intend to conduct a petition drive to force a referendum on the issue. We want our beer, we want it now, bros. Uh, that had actually uh, been changed from reducing the age to 20 in 1970, bet uh, down to 18 to give 18-year-olds uh, a full adult rights, which included the privilege of drinking. So kind of go round and round on that. Also in 1977, Maine repealed its helmet law. It was a 10-year-old law at that point. And uh, they had repealed it by the House of Representatives by an overwhelming vote. They overrode uh, Governor James Longley's uh, veto of the repeal. Uh, among the uh, statistics, it shows that protective helmets had cut down on the percentage of traffic fatalities in other states, but the local representatives were describing the issue as one of individual rights, basic question of whether or not individual rights of motorcycle may make up his own mind to wear a helmet. Uh, Representative Richard McKean of Limestone described the helmet law as an insult to the intelligence of adults. Most motorcyclists said McKean would wear helmets without a state helmet uh, law mandating that they wear them. Uh, I like the quote from Representative Patrick Jackson from Yarmouth, a Republican. He welcomed the repeal law as a possible new trend. Next, we're going to be eliminating seatbelt buzzers. Then we're going to bring back firecrackers. And finally, we're going to get rid of those little medicine bottles that nobody can open. What wonderful times, huh? Well, in 1977, if you went to the local Broadway Dairy Queen Brazier and you said Scrumpty Delicious, you could buy any size Dairy Queen Sunday and get a second one for only one cent. And then they'd say, Oh, do I really have to say that? Say no, just say please instead. Uh, at GNL Produce and Flower Center, 1977, you could get two heads of California iceberg lettuce for 79 cents, seven Indian River grapefruit for a dollar, uh, 12 California sun-kissed oranges for 89 cents, and a package of celery hats for 55 cents. And then everybody's favorite, bacon was $1.19 a pound. That's uh, 1977. Well, uh, we have our main mammal of the moment. Today, this is just a wonderful little creature. He's the northern short-tailed shrew. And you may have seen them around. They look sort of like a mouse, but they're not really. Uh, it's the largest shrew uh, it occurs in the northeastern region of North America, but uh, in, here in Maine, uh, you know, you, you'll see them around, you might see them around the house or on top of the snow bank. It likes uh, forests, shrubs, hedges, you know, along river banks, 
But what's interesting about it, it's one of the few venomous mammals. Um, it's about four to five inches long, and one inch of that is tail. Uh, the male slightly larger than the female. The dorsal fur is thick and velvety, and it can be black, brownish black, brown, uh, brownish black, sorry, and the ventral fur is a, a bit lighter and grayer. Uh, so on this shrew, it, it will uh, it will bite something. It doesn't have. Uh, it doesn't have fangs to inject the venom, so it just kind of noms on it and it will sedate it. And what's uh, particularly disturbing about it is that it will it will uh, poison something and then haul it off because it's got to eat so often. It will haul it off and, and, and keep it alive basically so it can feed on it over a period of time because it's got to eat every every few hours. Some interesting facts about the shrew, its heart beats 800 to 1,000 times a minute. The Etruscan shrew, which is the smallest uh, mammal on earth, has a heart rate that can reach 1,500 beats per minute. Uh, they're in constant motion. They don't stop much to sleep. They have high metabolism. They have been recorded making body movements as many as 12 body movements per second. Uh, this shrew eats like basically its body weight uh, once a day. If it doesn't eat within a few hours, it dies. Some studies have said it consumes up to three times its weight every day. Uh, earthworms, voles, snails, and other shrews are the bulk of its diet. It will mostly eat a few hours after sunset, but it's also active during cloudy days. So it's quite blind and it, it senses its prey with its whiskers. It spends a lot of its time just kind of rooting around with its little whiskers in it and eats crickets and things that way. It finds it with its whiskers. But there is some speculation that they use echolocation like a bat to uh, target their prey. So about that toxin, it's strong enough to kill small animals up to several sizes larger than the shrew itself. It results in painful bites to humans who attempt to handle the shrew. Drop the shrew, mother! Uh, the toxins actually secreted from its saliva glands and it comes out through a duct at the base of the lower incisors and the saliva flows along the groove formed by the two incisors and into the prey. And I imagine they have video of this, huh? Um, what else do we want to know about that shrew? It, it survives the long winters by the uh, eating as often as it does and just kind of running around uh, crazy. Um, they does, it can be aggressive towards other shrews. It does, if you put a, a, a one shrew in a cage with another, you'll kill the other one very quickly. My favorite part about the shrew is at the, at the very bottom of our, of our readout on it, it says, northern, very authoritatively, as if they've tried it, uh, northern short-tailed shrews cannot be domesticated. Now, how would they know that unless they brought some home and said, it's time to domesticate the shrew? All right, that's our mammal of the moment. Uh, we'll come back with a weather forecast and a poem right after this message.
Greetings, tourists. While you're visiting Maine, if you find yourself in a rut or a jam, simply call Tobias Towing and he'll get you out lickety-split. He offers several different plans. There's the One Toe Tom, which just gets you out the one time. There's the Tourist Plan, which is a five-pack of towing if you have a few more jams. And then there's the Presidential Special. Unlimited towing all summer long, no matter how many times you find yourself slid off the country road. And don't worry if the bridge gets blown out too, because Tobias is also the local road agent, and you can just call him and he'll get that fixed as well. But next time you're in a jam, Tobias Towing. And thank you for that message. Uh, so let's get right to our National Weather Service forecast for today. Uh, Areas of fog before 8 a.m., otherwise partly sunny, a high near 51 with a south wind, 5 to 10 miles per hour, winds gusting up to 20. For tonight, areas of fog, otherwise cloudy, low around 36. For Friday, we're looking at mostly sunny with a high near 63, light west wind increasing 5 to 10 miles per hour in the afternoon, and winds could gust as high as 20. Uh, looking out for the weekend, Saturday looks like some rain, uh, high around 41, and then sun Sunday, uh, mostly cloudy with a high near 52. All right, let's get right to our poem of the day, featuring our word of the day, chin. The chin. Who can say chin without starting a grin? A word that is with us, present, and in us. Say it again. Chin, 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 chin and like your belly to just suck it in. Your chin will lead you, never cheat you or deceive you. The truth is the chin is the bumper to sin. So stick out your jaw and with your hand or your paw, give thanks to your chin for protecting your maw. I thank you for listening today. I'm Down East Mike and until next time, I wish you and your loved ones a day full of grace, love, and kindness. We'll see you.